Hey guys, Chris Bircher. Welcome back. It's knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. This is episode 95. <laughs> Cooperation or competition? Now, if you've been around long enough or looked back through the archives, you'll know I've done at least one episode on competition and shared my dissatisfaction with the idea and... Uh, Please go look at that if you want to get a background, and I'll repeat some of it just for context, but it's a pretty big soapbox. I think competition brings out the worst in people, uh, even though there are some good elements of competition. But what I want to talk about today is a utopian world (laughs) uh, idea of, of what if we cooperated instead of competed. And I think, I think there's basically two sides to this coin. You know, it's funny. All right. You probably didn't play Dungeons. You might have played Dungeons and Dragons or video games like Gauntlet or Baldur's Gate or um, any any of the sort of role playing games. Or maybe you're a big fan of like Game of Thrones or, or The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings series. You know, you've got basically the, all these things when you're first starting out. If you're going to be in a role playing situation or really the characters themselves, the most you have these different class what they call classes, and it's like a skill set. I mean, today it would be like a plumber, lawyer. You know, teacher, doctor, but it, it, and then they're usually something like this, and they can they can vary, but you know the four big ones are fighter, warrior, um, a thief, or like a rogue, somebody who uh, a ranger, you know, like a um, someone who is more of a scout and 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 then a wizard, right? So somebody who has raw muscle and brawn is in your face. Um, somebody who's kind of sneaky and behind the scenes and might use like psychological manipulation, you know, like a marketer (laughs) and a fighter would be like a salesman. (laughs) It's so funny to think about. And then a ranger who would be somebody who's like uh, a thoughtful, you know, lookout that's got the, the the, the team and the village's best interests at my, uh, at heart and uh, is willing to sort of live this isolated lifestyle to protect them, the group. And then a wizard who utilizes a different type of, um, de offense and defense from like the spiritual world, and there's lots of variations. There's druids and clerics and different kinds of wizard magic users, and but you know that's the beginning of it. And and sort of if the the competition versus cooperation battle is typically like the fighter warrior aggressor against everybody else, you know, a competition wins because it's this this dra- this dr- dramatic dramatized romanticized idea of a winner and a loser it's the most d- simple dichotomy that there is and maybe it's yin and yang and maybe it's like the nature of the beast to have this sort of condition but you know i've always looked at i've always had an issue with competition because what i see in competition are these rabid fans getting angry i was at a soccer game and I'm sitting kind of in the back, and there's there's a, two groups of people maybe 20 or 30 feet next to me on either side. We're far enough back. We've got our own space. My five-year-old daughter's running around playing. Uh, and I'm watching the game. They're watching the game. I don't know if they're for the home team or the visiting team or supporting the same school my daughter, my older daughter's in who I'm watching play or the other team. I don't know. I don't care. And I see uh, a play. I don't think it's a score, but it's like a really good move, right? And it's the other team against us. And I'm like, yeah. And I kind of laugh. And I'm like, that's cool. That was neat. And both of these other people are like screaming, scared. You know, it made me want to jump out of my seat, like, like angry. And, 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 And what I saw or felt from that is, take that other team in your face. You know, and I'm just like, 
And, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. That is not an atypical sort of reaction at a kid's sports game. And I'm just like, am I in the wrong here for, is my daughter going to be mad at me because I enjoyed something the other team did that was better? What is going on? And so that, that element of dramatizing and romanticizing competition is not for me. The idea that someone has to lose, feel bad, be called names, be put down, in order for someone to win, has always just obviously jerked me up. I, I don't get it. And I've always kind of looked at losing and winning as the same thing. They're two sides of the same coin. Without one, there isn't the other. Aren't they at least equivalent? Now, sure, there's emotions associated with it. I don't like the feeling of losing. I like winning. I get it. I'm not saying there should never be games, but it's the reaction. And so that's my point, is that supporters of competition have this warrior mentality that Braun is the, is the way to win and that brute force is going to rule the day, and that's what competition is all about. And But in fact... It isn't, and it never has been. And, and, and a nature competition is a really cool thing, but it only ever happens when resources are limited. And biological organisms are would much rather avoid competition if they can. Competition in nature only really ever happens in extreme, when there's, there's a last resort, right? This idea of like, you know, um, you know, two bears running into each other and drowning up and rawr, and we get it on National Geographic and we go, yeah, man, this is what bears do. They do this all day. No, it just, it rarely happens. And, and sure, there are some populations, some species, it's more prevalent and it can be related to mating and, um, but, but, and, and there's death and it's a normal part of the ecosystem. It's just not common. And competition, uh, the existence of competi- competition is great in a way because it represents this avoidable endpoint, and the avoidance of it creates a diversity and new species, right? Like my, my master's thesis, resource partitioning. When two species realize that they both want these hamburgers that are out there in the world, and there's only like so many hamburgers left, you know, one of them's like, well, okay, here we go. I need to work out because I'm going to have to fight this, this other thing in order to get my hamburger. Well, the other one goes, I don't know, those hot dogs are pretty good. Just a whole bunch of hot dogs. Can I eat, can I eat hot dogs? Is that, can I do that? Sweet. I'm just going to start eating hot dogs. And then the competition or the, the fear, the potential for competition just went away because it learned. And, and guess what? Now that organism, because it eats something different, is going to change. And it's going to you know, have a ver- a varied and differential sort of fitness in its environment, and it may create a new species. And that's how new, a lot of one of the ways speciation occurs is through resource partitioning as a result of competition. So competition is awesome, but it isn't this thing that. And, and I get it. I mean, I get it. Competition is cool. Boxing is cool. Sports are cool. Um, there's something exciting about two guys getting in a fight at the bar, especially if they're like, well, you know, like the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. Will Smith is defending his his wife, and a lot of us got really excited about that. Um, but that is so, God, forgive me for saying, simple-minded. It's only considering one element of the great diversity of elements that are involved in the idea of resource use. And it turns out, there's lots of different ways to go about, you know, sharing. 
You know, like the hamburger example, there's one hamburger left, there's two individual hamburger eaters, and they're like, eh, here's half. And so if you believe, you know, we don't know what was going on 20,000 years ago, but there were definitely humans, and they were definitely socializing, and they probably didn't even have language. Maybe they wouldn't need to talk. Maybe we talked a different way. Somebody built the pyramids a whole long time ago. Those people were pretty smart. What happened? Are we as smart as the Egyptians? Are we dumbing down? Are we devolving? Go back to the 20,000 year mark. What was going on? Do you think it was really people beating each other over the heads and dragging their their mates back to the cave and killing each other for... I fundamentally do not believe that, but we have the choice because we don't know. And I'm just saying that the, the sort of unidimensional warriors of the world that think that the solution to every problem is you know, is force of some sort, they're probably going to say, no, they're going to they, they're, they're adhere, and they are really keeping alive this whole idea of competition. And they're pretty bold personalities, right? And they're pretty persuasive personalities, right? And so these myths um, perpetuate in the culture. And, and it's fine. It's fine that that's an element of it. But let's, find, let's bring the wizard up here. You know, bring the ranger and the thief up here. What did they do? What other ways do they think we might have been able to get along in the past instead of fighting all the time? Aren't there other solutions? And it turns out there there are. <laughs> you know, we, and we call these sort of intera- biological interactions, right? And there's things like mutualism, where two organisms share resources with one another and trade benefits. You know, it's a it's a balancing act. It's a homeostatic, if you saw last episode, uh, act of interactions. It's probably the dominant one, you know? Uh, a great example is uh, coral. You know, coral is a, is a, is a mutualistic relationship between an uh, invertebrate and an algae, right? And the algae fixes nitrogen from photosynthesis for the organism, and the organism provides the algae with a place to live. It's great. Our bodies are like that. You know, they say that, you know, there's, there's, an, there's an unbelievable... Well, I think they say that the individual microbes in our body outnumber the cells in our body or something like that. We are a giant mutual... And, and sometimes we get bad bacteria, but for the most part, those things are helping. We're providing a warm, nice environment for these things to live in, and giving them food, and they're performing some role in our bodies. Um, you know, I just I just read where they've discovered a new type of specialized tissue inside the lungs that has a very specific role in respiration that we used to just say the lungs do this. We're learning about these these these, and then and then um, there are other symbiosis. You know, there are other sort of biological interactions. But my point is, I believe. And I'm just putting this out here because I feel like the warrior competition mentality needs a little bit of pushback (laughs) and it needs a little bit of representation from the other side that evolution on earth chose or favored cooperative relationships and far more often than we think and far more often than competitive relationships. Competition became more exciting and favorable in the context of non-homeostatic relationships like inequality. And the warrior mentality, for it to perpetuate 
at a seemingly higher rate and occurrence rate than in fact is real makes sense if it was perpetuated by those individuals. So think about it. Lord of the Flies, the real one, where everybody actually got along. You know, this actually really happened. I don't know if I mentioned this before, and I need to cite my reference, and I don't have it right now. The book Lord of the Flies describes a, a, a scenario that implies that people are, humans are inherently bad, and left to our devices, sort of survival, we would make bad decisions and eat each other and compete and all these things. If that would have happened, we wouldn't be here. It just isn't a fact. Jewel. It's sexy. It's dramatic. Book won the Nobel Prize for being incredibly inaccurate. Because in fairly recent history, a plane wrecked, the scenario unfolded similar to Lord of Flies, but in real life, and everybody cooperated and everybody was healthy and got along and survived. People are inherently good. You choose what you want to choose. That's a much more exciting story to me. It's less, much less scary. It's much less anxiety-inducing, and I don't really care to fluff it up and make it into this, this big thing. So in a Lord of the Flies situation, when things go to shit, I can envision, and I think you all can, a very large, muscular, strong individual amongst a bunch of smaller and weaker individuals. At some point, they realize they can take advantage of this situation. It might not be their nature to do so, but they might see an opportunity. Maybe they're bored, and they capitalize on that opportunity. And then what do you have? A village of 100 people, and 1% of them is an asshole, but that's the story. That becomes the whole story. We are weak. They are strong. Competition is rare, but dominant. And all these other things just sort of go away and don't ever get written about in history. That is not a difficult scenario for me to see. And I understand that the big tough warrior is going to be a recurrent theme because what are they, they're going to talk about themselves. They got all the power. They're going to perpetuate the story that they want to tell. But it isn't true. And, and, that, and the fact that that would happen makes perfect sense to me too because it is his story. What we learned in history is not accurate. We know that. Oh, history book. That's cool. It's really neat. It ain't accurate. I guarantee you. It is not accurate. It might be fairly accurate, but it isn't 100%. It isn't the story. It isn't the truth. And reality, it's what somebody remembers. <laughs> and I'm sure you've all heard, the eyewitness at the scene of a crime are the least reliable source of information there is. They're wrong. They don't remember accurately, but we think we do. And so anyway, imagine... A scenario in your mind. Think about all the competition that happens during your day. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. You both want to pull onto the interstate. What if the gut reaction was, you first? Go ahead. Hey, I don't feel great. I'm not in a hurry. Go. No. No, no, no. You go. Versus, um, or, you know, living in a small town and you've got people who can't afford to feed their kids. And you're getting paychecks you know are ridiculous because maybe you sit on town council or you're the mayor and you're like, I really don't need $200,000. Um, you know, who, who did this? Uh, who made these rules? How come my kid's teacher's making 30? I don't understand this. Maybe there's a more cooperative way to 
spread wealth around. <laughs> uh, and, and you know it. You, you, in my utopian history, uh, we were more egalitarian, right? We were more um, cooperative. And the result of cooperation is going to be a, a universal basic income, <laughs> you know, less less uh, spread between whatever two conditions there are. Um, you know, it won't be two really big tough guys and 3,000 little people that get beat up every day. That's, that's not the direction that cooperation is going to result in. You know, one of the scenarios I think about is, bear with me, uh, I'm not sure this is the episode to share this, but I thought of it, so I'm going to. I often wondered with the propensity for males of any species to sort of like reproduce or die as many times as you possibly can, prom- promiscuous, um, you know, no monogamy, just like spread your seed to reproduce, and that being sort of the prime directive, uh, that males of a species are going to be super horny and just have sex all the time. And females are going to be more selective and choosy and go through and like maybe even have a, a time where they can be pregnant, a time they can't get pregnant, and things like that. That That's sort of the dominant well theme that you can see today and assume that that's sort of been the way it always is. What I want to know then, at what point, you know, you look at primates, at one point where the male, how did the males just not kill all the females by constant rape? If you think about the arguments that we make, the patterns that we see, the biology that we understand. You know, if you remove culture and caring and emotions and all of those things from the picture, and you've just got a sexually mature male of whatever species of population that wants to literally impregnate all the females all the time, every day, day in and day out, that is going to become a very non-cooperative, competitive scenario, Right? Why isn't it like that? And I like to think it's because an older male or maybe a female of of whatever age or maybe groups went up to those individuals and went, you kid, no. And thus began, (laughs) um, you know, enlightened evolution, social, that's where we are. It wasn't, otherwise, where would we be? We would have died, right? The males would have literally killed all the females, raping them. I don't think that's an exaggeration. If you look at testosterone, estrogen, the, 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 the sort of, I could be t- totally wrong. Maybe we have artificially jacked these things up to the point where it's ridiculous. On Dak Shepard's podcast, he talks about dolphins a lot. And dolphins, you know, pretty close to us as far as emotional and intelligence uh, capacity, literally rapists, you know, constant ejaculations all the time. It's a wonder we ever get them swimming, (laughs) if you believe what he says. But I think there's something to, I think there are, I might be exaggerating, I may be completely off base, but I think there is an argument to be made that cooperative forces, if you look, dominate natural selection and evolution for at least 200,000 years. And so why are we so obsessed with competition? I mentioned before, or maybe it's on a future podcast, my sort of, yeah, it was a couple episodes ago, my experience in Hawaii to learn that their culture was such so 
war driven so 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 warrior and and you know i think with storytelling and dramatization and things like uh, uh luau's and, and hula dancing um the way we tell stories we we probably pick the sexy stories right and so i don't think people are again inherently evil i think we are inherently good and i think we have a propensity towards violence and that can become the dominant paradigm, the story that we tell, and it, and it can sort of dominate a culture for a while. I'm just saying I don't think it should. And I think we can undo that by lifting up all of the other interactions that we see on a regular basis uh, in lieu of um, the more dramatic and sort of uh, obvious ones. So, yeah. I hope that stimulates some sort of thought. I mean, that's that's what I do. It's what I want to do. I like thinking about that stuff. And, and I when I share it with you, I learn a little bit. And I'm in a new spot um, compared to where I was when I started this. So for that, I appreciate you. I'm Chris Bircher. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. This has been Episode 95, Cooperation or Competition. I'll see you next week. Take it easy.